Hello and welcome to Saving Circle, where we help millennial professionals feel confident about managing their money. I'm your host, Vineet Prasad. If you're looking for strategies to help you achieve your financial goals, you're in the right place. On today's episode, do you want to learn about a financial strategy that can save you thousands of dollars in taxes? Potentially. Uh, well, today we'll be talking with Rohan Nayak, a certified financial planner about tax loss harvesting, which is one of my favorite financial strategies for around taxes and investments. If you're a bit foggy on tax loss harvesting or have no idea what it is whatsoever, this episode is for you. And as a reminder, the content discussed during this episode is for educational purposes only. It's not intended as investment advice as it is impersonal and not specific to any listener's personal financial situation. And with that, let's get going. Rohan, it's so great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining. Hey, thanks, Vineet. Nice to be here. Excellent. Well, uh, before we jump into tax loss harvesting, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the types of people you serve? Absolutely. So I'm an investment advisor and financial planner, as Vineet pointed out. Uh, I'm at a firm called Fundex Investment Group. We're based in San Francisco, but we have clients all over the country. Um, you know, we mainly serve individuals, families, business owners to protect and grow their wealth. Uh, in terms of um, money managing, we have a unique active philosophy. It's, it's very systematic. Uh, it takes out any guesswork out of fund investing. And mainly to me, it leaves out any forecasting, any emotional decision making. And it's been around for 50 years. So quite a, quite a track record for us. So in general, we put a lot of thought into the work we do for our clients, both on investment management and financial planning. Um, I'm a certified financial planner, as Bennett pointed out. And I you know, have a strong passion for personal reasons uh, why I take a comprehensive approach to finances and investing. So my own personal philosophy is, you know, don't just invest for the sake of investing, have a meaning behind it. I love it. That's a great philosophy. And, uh, I, and I'm, I'm also very aligned with a lot of what you described around the philosophy uh, for, for Fundex. So that's excellent. Um, before we jump into the, 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 the details of tax loss harvesting, one more thing, just to help the audience know, understand who you are a little bit better. Uh, mm -hmm. What is an unusual hobby or guilty pleasure that you enjoy? You know, I would have to say uh, Costco shopping. <laughs> Or not even shopping. I would say just spending time at Costco. Uh, I don't know. Something about that place is just, I love it. The layout, like the things they have. You know, I tell my wife, I'm like, I'm going to make a quick trip to Costco. And she's always like, he's gone. He's gone for like three hours. <laughs> so it's, it's high on my list. I can spend a whole day there. Um, clearly, you can tell I'm a big fan of Costco. <laughs> that is awesome. Costco is great. Uh, so I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, Excellent. Well, let's, let's dive in now um, to, to tax loss harvesting. And um, I'd like to start with, you know, just asking what types of people should be considering tax loss harvesting? Um, what are the signs that it could be right for you? And along that, with that, maybe if you could start with just like a, a description of what, what tax loss harvesting is. Sure. So I'm, I'll start backwards in a way. Uh, you know, it's, it's for anyone with a taxable portfolio who wants to save on taxes. 
So taxable portfolio, not IRA, not 401k or any retirement plans. Um, you know, here in the Bay Area, especially, many people own technology stocks and they have tremendous gains. So if you decide to sell your stock, you're going to pay taxes on those gains. Um, you know, I've seen many people invest without fully understanding the tax consequences. So simply put, when you invest, you're taxed on your gains, uh, but you can also use your investment losses to offset your gains. Uh, so to me, tax loss harvesting is about strategically realizing losses throughout the tax year in an effort to lower your overall tax bill. That's essentially what I think about. Now, in terms of who it's for, uh, if you're wondering exactly how to figure that out, I look at two things. Uh, one is your tax bracket. You know, it's, uh, if you're in a 10 to 15% tax bracket, this doesn't mean much to you because you're not taxed on your gains anyway. But if you're in 15% or above, which most of us who are working in the Bay Area, especially tech, you're in that bracket. You're in those higher brackets. So if you're, if you're in that position, tax loss harvesting is for you. Another one is your investment situation. So if you consider your uh, investment results, let's say if you hold a stock or a fund or just this year's market volatility, right? It's created some losses in parts of your taxable portfolio. And, and what that means is it's an opportunity to harvest a loss. Uh, you can use your losses to offset your income and lower your taxes. I love it. Great description. And I think it's counterintuitive to folks at first that even losses are an opportunity for strategic. I like how you put that strategic, um, strategically realizing uh, tax losses. So that's fantastic. Um, so that leads me into kind of what are some of the, the benefits and costs of, of tax loss harvesting? Yeah, the, the biggest benefit is, is more money in your pocket. That's what you're trying to do. Um, you know, the other benefits that come with it, uh, I see it as, you know, if you have a investment loss in your account, you can convert that into a tax break uh, to your point. So if you have a stock you're holding at a loss and you really want to sell it, then you can sell it and use that capital loss to offset other taxable income. So uh, in a given year, you can use up to 3000 per year in losses uh, against your gains or income. And let's say if you have losses more than 3000, you could still execute that. You can have losses more than 3000 and anything above that 3000 limit can be pushed off into future tax years to, to use. So that's a big benefit for, from all this. Uh, another benefit is uh, just using this process, you know, tax loss harvesting, it, it's, it's an art in a way, and using this process to manage your investments is useful. So when I say that, I mean, you know, you have your taxable portfolio, and over time, as you know, some parts of your portfolio, some positions will, will do well, some will lose value, and eventually you wanna look at it and bring it back to where you started, which is called rebalancing. But the process of rebalancing, when you look deeper, if you can identify and pay close attention to your cost basis, meaning the original purchase price of the stocks and funds you bought, then you can realize losses and at the same time realign your portfolio target. So that's one of the biggest benefits. Um, those are the benefits that stand out to me. In terms of a, a cost, one big one is, you know, when you, when you sell a stock or a fund to capture a loss, you have to wait 30 days before you repurchase it. Um, if you don't, you, you can't use that loss to offset your gains, which defeats the purpose. 
So most often what happens is you, you have a fund at a loss, you sell it, you buy into something else that, that you like. And I've seen two things that happen in the next 30 days. Either that stock kind of takes off the new, the new investment you bought, and now you have another short-term gain to, do, to figure out what to do with. Uh, that becomes kind of problematic sometimes, then you have to figure out what to do with that. Or sometimes what I've seen is you sell, sell what you have, you get something new, and the one you sold kind of chugs along as it's supposed to, and the one you hold kind of drops off and does really bad. Uh, so th those are things that stand out to me. It's, those are not ideal from an investment perspective. I see it as a cost. Perfect. Great. That was a great outline. And um, I, I think that the, the benefit you mentioned, one of the ones that really got me initially excited was that $3,000 a year that you described so, so well, like just the concept that something which, you know, is capital loss and later might just be a capital gain is something that can offset your income tax, which is often way higher. Um, that's, that's super exciting. And I think you really outlined the, uh, some of the costs uh, as well, that like wash sale rule that you, you talked about, um, important to, to keep in mind. And that's actually a good segue into um, my next question, uh, which is, uh, what are some common misconceptions or mistakes people make around tax loss harvesting? Yeah, that's a really good question. And you know, there's a few that come to mind. Uh, you know, one mistake is, you know, when you sell something to capture a loss, some people leave that in cash and don't buy anything else with it. Uh, I mean, you're selling and harvesting a loss to lower your tax bill in the current year, but if you're not buying anything else with it, then you're really losing the, the value of tax loss harvesting. You're not approaching this process in the, in the right way. Uh, that's the number one thing that I've seen and stands out to me. It's like you have to move something you sell into something that's also value. Uh, another thing, you know, people don't fully understand is when you, there's, there's an assumption out there that only short-term gains can be offset with short-term losses and then long-term gains with long-term losses. Uh, that's true. Uh, you know, in, in fact, you know, short-term losses do offset short-term gains, long-term losses do offset long-term gains, but then the net losses of either type can be deducted against the other kind of gain. Uh, people don't understand that full picture. They just look at it in a vacuum, short-term and long-term but they don't put it all together at the end, which is important. You know, it's an important part of the, the loss harvesting process for your taxes. Um, you know, another one I've seen is when people forget that in, in a given year, if you just had a, in markets had a terrible year and you have a lot of losses and no gains for whatever reason this year, people think, oh, I don't have any gains to offset, so I don't need to harvest losses. But if you have losses in your portfolio, you gotta take them. And if you don't have gains to offset this year, push them off into future years when you will. Uh, you know, <laughs> losing money is in the stock market. This is one of the few silver linings. So it's like you have to use it. Uh, if you have a loss, make use of it. Take advantage. Um, yeah. I completely agree. Um, great things to watch out for. And personally, you know, when the coronavirus happened and in March, there was that, you know, terrifying 20, 25% drop in the stock market. Um, you know, I know there's, I mean, it was very scary for a lot of people, um, you know, of course, from a health perspective first, but also from a financial perspective, right. um, this, like you said, was one of the silver linings. Like I you know, was fortunate that I'd learned about this and Stephanie, my wife and I were like, all right, we're about to realize a lot of losses and 
now the market's kind of come back up and we have those to write off, you know, for, for potentially years to come. So um, yeah, I, I love how you outlined those common mistakes and, and misconceptions. Um, and I think you really perfectly uh, summarized this, this, this awesome strategy. So thank you. Um, mm -hmm. I do want to ask you, I do kind of want to zoom out now because I think you did a great job of describing tax loss harvesting and just ask in general, um, if you could give one piece of advice uh, on any financial topic to the millennial professional cohort, um, what would it be? Sure. Uh, since you mentioned uh, tech professionals, it always stands out to me. You know, uh, a lot of tech professionals have uh, stock options awards. And by that, I mean the RSUs, the ISOs, non-qualified stocks, whatever, you name it. Uh, you know, you have to look at the fine print for each of these different options or awards or plans. Uh, and then execute, make a plan to execute based on your situation and goals. Uh, I've heard and seen so many people through personal connections, you know, just pulling the trigger based on what your team is doing uh, at, at work or just peers that other companies are doing. Um, I don't know, that doesn't, doesn't uh, seem optimal to me. It really depends on your situation, your exact plan, how it's awarded to you. Um, also, the big big thing I, I take into account is the type of employer you have. Is it you know a startup? Is it pre-IPO, IPO? Is it a mature company? All those things factor into how you should be making decisions around your that specific stock portfolio. Um, and, and the big one is you know what percentage of of your overall net worth is this money? Uh, all that factors into the optimal timing of how to do this. So it's a big one. It's, it doesn't seem that a, a magical advice in terms of what I'm saying, but it matters. It makes a big deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is a lot. And uh, that's, that's a great one. Uh, on, a, on a similar, on a related note, um, for that millennial tech professional cohort, are there any uh, personal finance books or online resources that you'd recommend? You know, no, I don't have a perfect resource here, especially for tech millennials. Um, I get this question a lot just in general in terms of, uh, you know, hey, how do I keep my knowledge up about personal finance markets and all that? Uh, at a basic kind of finance level, you know, I read this book by Ramit Sethi, I'll Teach You to Be Rich, years ago. Uh, I think it's a good, you know, platform to start on. Uh, he gives, he lays out the foundation and then tells you a step or two to take from there kind of build on your finances. Uh, that's something I, I tell people all the time. Uh, another resource I'll, I'll mention, you know, this is more recent. I happened to stumble upon a YouTube channel called Minority Mindset. Um, he's great. I mean, I've been listening to his episodes. I think it's every other day that comes out. And he, you know, he doesn't really talk about specifics of uh, what you should be doing. He's trying to create a framework for listeners about what's going on in the world today, the economy, the stock market, um, uh, investment in terms of how to think about it. Uh, and that's tough. That's, that's useful information that a lot of investors lack and are hungry for. And you can go online and read things, but how do you use all this information? So he's, he's good about breaking it down in a way that's it's simple, but also useful. Uh, so check him out, uh, Minority Mindset uh, YouTube channel. I just recently came across him, he's great. Excellent. I, I will checking that out myself as well. Um, last question for you. Um, how can listeners follow and connect with you? 
Yeah, so FundX, uh, you know, is really focused on investor education. We put out a free guidance for investors weekly. Uh, it's why I emailed, so it's called FundX Insights. Uh, you or anyone can go on our website and sign up for it, uh, fundex.com, F-U-N-D-X.com. Um, and, and then for me, if any of the listeners have a question about, uh, you know, tax loss harvesting, any burning questions that I didn't get into, that's more kind of personal to your situation, reach out to me. Uh, my email is rohan at fundex.com, R-O-H-A-N at fundex.com. Uh, we can have a brief conversation, not a problem. Fantastic. Thanks for that nice offer for, for listeners. And uh, thank you again, Rohan, for your excellent insights and tips on the art of tax loss harvesting today. Um, and thank you to the audience for, for checking out today's episode. Uh, so thanks, thanks again, Rohan, for, for, for being on today. Yeah, thanks, Kandi, for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, for more personal finance hacks and tips uh, for those listeners, uh, remember, you can also always check out my website, savingsacademy.com. And if you found today's episode useful, I would greatly appreciate you leaving me a rating or review uh, so more people can learn about the show. And that's everything for today. Until next time, keep saving, my friends. Keep saving.